you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one arc at a time. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. And I've been reading, actually, a lot of Star Wars this week. I have learned that uh, books are really fun to read at work. I've been reading Dark Disciple, and I just started Thrawn this morning, so... Am I next? Yeah, yeah. you're next. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm Wyatt, and I've seen Star Wars I'm not allowed to talk about this week, as well as Star Wars I am allowed to talk about. Illegal Star Wars. Are you talking about Boba Fett? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I've had so many people come up to me being like, I want to talk to you, but I can't. And I'm like, come back yeah. to me in two years, baby. We'll, yeah. we'll even, talk about that. You finale. can't listen to me and Calvin on uh, Gold Squadron either. Yeah. So this this last week I was on Gold Squadron Gaze with the boys over there, Bradley and Charles. We talked about the Boba Fett show. So Andy, cover your ears. Although, you know, Boba Fett exists. So I guess this just confirms he does live past being 12 years old uh so but that we had a really fun time talking about star wars there were definitely some connections to stuff we've discussed on the podcast so if you are a listener who is not on the andy path check it out they're really fun oh if you remember i was on with them a couple of weeks ago and i had a really great experience talking about dune and stuff and like its connection that's the one thing that i can talk about yeah they kept mentioning that they're like calvin calvin wouldn't shut up about dune (laughs) yeah and they had to they had to like admit that you were right at one point i remember yeah yeah i know isn't that strange isn't that good episodes that was a really good episode that you were on that was like a really good conversation it took so long Oh, yeah, I'm sure that was a two hour episode. So like it had to have been like two and a half hours at least of recording. Yeah, good job. Good job, boys. Um, I'm Andy. I've seen a little bit of Star Wars. All right. So, Andy, who gets Um, Starbucks this week? Yeah. So so it's between Jar Jar and Yoda. But I feel like it should be Jar Jar because Yoda is important enough that it's like. I can, we can hold off on him. We can hold off on it. And I also really need to like ruminate on my decision for Yoda I'm Whereas very Jar-Jar, curious what Charger buys. Charger, I kept going back and forth between two very similar things, but I think that it would be a cup of ice with whipped cream. <laughs> and I and I really thought about this, and I was like, it could just be a cup of whipped cream, but I was like, I don't know. He seems like someone who I and I was imagining Padme is getting her little drink, and she's like, and also, I need a cup of ice for my friend. And then Jar Jar's like whipped cream like and he's like <laughs> where's whipped cream i'm just thinking cream. about i'm just thinking about him in a store like in phantom menace he just like sticks his tongue out and eats stuff off people's tables like he's just at the drink thing yeah <laughs> so uh yeah oh man but yeah so that's what i thought i thought he would um appreciate some crunchy ice and some delicious whipped cream yeah is the so, whipped cream good at Starbucks? Is it's it like, delicious. Yeah. It's delectable. We make it ourselves. It's very good. Yeah. Highly recommend. Get yourself a pup cup next time you go. Uh-huh. All right. So this week on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, we discuss the Clone Wars season six, episodes eight through 13. 
The Disappeared, The Disappeared Part 2, and then The Lost One, Voices, Destiny, and Sacrifice. All right, so in The Disappeared two-parter, Jar Jar and Mace team up in order to solve a problem on Jar Jar's ex-girlfriend's home planet. The religious leaders of this society have started to go missing. And so Queen Julia sends for Jar Jar and Mace's help. It turns out that it is a dark side cult led by Mother Talzin, of all people, kidnapping these people and trying to sacrifice their lives so that she can get back some of her force powers. And then in the Yoda and the Force arc, well, the first one, the first episode is called The Lost Ones. And in this episode, Anakin and Obi-Wan go off to find out the specifics of what happened to Jedi Master Sifo Dyas, who was the Jedi Master who originally commissioned the clone army. They discover that Dooku was behind the clones the entire time. Or as I would like to say, it was Dooku all along. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, Yoda in the next three episodes goes on his own little force like pilgrimage journey thing. He goes to Dagobah at the behest of Qui-Gon Jinn's force spirit. And then he goes to the planet, which is the wellspring of all life in the universe. And then he goes to Malachor, the ancient Sith homeworld. And on each planet, he learns deep truths about the very nature of the force itself and sort of realizes just how far the Jedi have strayed from the light. So, yeah, the disappeared and the, the disappeared first, part two. This might be the first group of Clone Wars episodes without a classic blank of the blank title. I think so. Instead, we just got two of the disappeared because I they do, were too lazy it, to come up with a it, unique episode name. It weirdly bugs me because it's the only time they do it in all seven seasons of the show. And first, and I know shows do this all the time. Part one, part two. Star Wars will do it later. Yeah, but Rebels it's just does like, it, but like, but I was just like, no, fuck off. I don't know why this bugs me. It's, it's like funny. They did. It's it's funny because they didn't care enough about Jar Jar to come up with a unique episode title. It. I don't know. It's so funny. It's so funny. I feel like the the title, like the disappeared part one and part two, made me think it was going to be like some really important, like, <laughs> like life changing, game changing series of episodes. And it was just like, no, it's a buddy cop with Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and Jar Jar gets a girlfriend. We get to Jar see Jar, Jar, Jar kiss someone. Jar Jar fucks. They were like, they were like. Oh, I haven't seen Jar Jar. Where have you been all night? And I'm like, that heavily insinuates that Jar Jar has been fucking were, the night they away. They were off Cartoon Network at this point. They don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what an insane <laughs> couple of I'm sure that, 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 that Queenie, what's her name? Queen. Her name is just Julia. Julia. Like a, like Queen a Julia. person. I know. I feel like I'm so used to weird sci-fi names. And then they were yeah. like, and this is... Julia. Julia. All right. There's a... Uh, this, is, this is not technically a spoiler, but I did discuss it on gold squadron there is a very minor character in the boba fett show whose name is scott that's and weird. that cracks scott. me up he like i think has a he might have a star warsy last name and like star wars started with a guy named luke but it we're we're in the prequel area where everyone has a funny name yeah char jar and julia the jjj and mace and mace <laughs> mace windu's like kill me now for the entire I thing I really like watching episodes with him because I'm just like, they fully just animated Samuel L. Jackson. 
And it's funny because I don't really think that any of the other. I mean, I guess I haven't really seen like because Anakin is based off of the Revenge of the Sith, Anakin. So I haven't really seen yeah. to compare. Yeah. But like, I don't look at the characters in the Clone Wars and think like that looks just like their IRL counterpart, except for mm-hmm. him. Mace Windu just looks the same. Yeah, and I like I do like his voice actor. He's he's one of the characters who has like a recognizable actor whose voice is known yeah. where the actor isn't necessarily like doing an impression of him. But I I think honestly, I, I would think of Clone Wars Mace's voice before Samuel L. Jackson because just because there's so much of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but this was fun. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the one thing that because these episodes are not on the episode. Are on the list of episodes that I just like rewatch while I'm cleaning or whatever. Yeah, I've seen these episodes noise. once. Yep, ever. exactly. Well, twice ever because I have done exactly two Clone Wars full watches in my life up until this. What did really strike me about this one is I do really, really love seeing other cultures use the Force, and like that are yes. not Jedi. Yeah, it's the um, beginning of. Uh, we saw this with the Night Sisters. We will see this in Jedi Fallen Order, yeah, and, and yeah, like you, this whole like background subplot of like the Bardotans are have a historical feud with the Jedi about you know the Jedi kidnapping their kids. Like that's really cool. I love that. It's just had to be with Jar Jar. Absolutely, yeah, I, I know. No, I would go, pitch regarding these episodes. Okay. I would argue that this is the most Clone Wars clone wars gets because it's absolute random nonsense that doesn't really have that's just jumping all over the place that's uh, that instead of telling the story of our main characters anakin ahsoka obi-wan rex etc is doing a weird mix of genres with the most one of the most hated characters in franchise history and samuel l jackson they've (laughs) animated new like stuff like lavish new sets for this like in a way that no animated show on TV, even now gets. And then they're dropping like wild lore shit while Jar Jar is banging. Like, and that this also in a sort of out of universe thing, this was released as the la- some of the last Clone Wars we ever got. You have the consequential arcs of the, the uh, conspiracy arc at the very beginning. You have the Anakin Padme stuff in the and, and the like banking shit in that arc. So there's world changing events. And then you have the Yoda arc, which is one of the most pivotal things it certainly you've ever heard about the force. And then there's just two episodes about Jar Jar and everybody was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly, I would agree with that. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Star Wars to be like, I'm the voice. I get to decide this, but I would agree in what I've seen. These are very Star Wars episodes of Star Wars. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I, I love that Clone Wars never really loses being that, sort of scrappy weird show from season one they, yeah, they always double down on being clone wars it's the george lucas of it all and, and at this point dave filoni is like fully his apprentice he knows how to do it it's it's good and i i really enjoy it honestly these episodes like landed for me way better now yeah, last I definitely... time i watched it trying to get to the other ones but i wasn't sitting through these being like i hate this where I am in some other episodes. There's some where I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait Warrior. for this to be over. But this was, this was fun. Like this was silly. Um, I don't hate Jar Jar in the way that other people hate Jar Jar, but I do. Neither do I. I, yeah, I really, the, just the revelation that like 
Jar Jar gets down and dirty with a queen is crazy. And it's not like... He's a senator. It's... He is a senator. And it's not like this is a relationship that we're seeing kind of develop. This is like a very well-established relationship. It's just crazy to to think of like, what the fuck was Jar Jar doing all this time? Like, what what happened? Yeah, Um, give me the... Give me the Jar Jar story and the 10 year gap between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Forget Please. the uh, forget the Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon and Satine on Mandalore story. Give me the Jar Jar. Give me the Jar Jar, baby. Revolutionary. Um, I, will, I will say the, the fun part about not having seen this in a really long time is I genuinely was like, oh, shit. When Ta- Mother Talzin showed up. Like, oh. I, I forgot she was yeah, here. I forgot we saw her same. again. Well, no, uh, which, and it's like. And like, I know Clone Wars like the back of my hand, but I was like, okay, that's new. And that in conjunction with like, because I also a couple of weeks ago um, read Son of Dathomir, which is a comic about like Maul uh, when he's as he's currently in captivity on uh, under Darth Sidious. So it's like about that. And that kind of deals with um mother Talzin a little bit too. Yeah, Um, it's the same deal as Dark Disciple where it's adapted from unproduced episode scripts. Yeah, I feel like also it's interesting seeing her while reading Dark Disciple because Ventress talks about her all the time. Like Ventress talks about the Night Sisters all the time in Dark, or not talks, but like is thinking about them. And um, it's just interesting that she feels like all is lost and like her family is entirely lost and she's all alone in the world and whatever. And then. This bitch is out here with cults, like doing whatever. And she's um, like hanging out with it's girl like boss. <laughs> you feel like she wants Mother Talzin would want to, you know, preserve the knights. I, I, I don't understand Mother Talzin. I need to read I like don't. the Sith, whatever it is, where she has like a point of view or talks about the dark side. I mean, it's like the people that Mother Talzin is choosing to hang out with after like she has died or whatever are um, random force cult. And then Maul and not really Ventress. Why does she not want to preserve her own culture? That's yeah. a good question. I don't know. And and what I mean, Talzin is definitely much like Darth Sidious, somebody with like fingers in a bunch of different pies. And I think there is a definitely like care shown by her towards the Night Sisters, but there's also a lot of callousness. So I'm not surprised that as Ventress, even I don't know. I think I think she just sort of writes Ventress off. She's has she has to go explore the world on her own. And like that's like cool for us to see Ventress's character development away from the Night Sisters, but it is a shame given how cool the Night Sisters are. No, so these uh, honestly I I wasn't expecting to enjoy watching these episodes again because I and I also like remember way more of the Yoda arc like I knew that was I knew what was coming and it was fun to watch, but these were honestly delightful. And it shows how they've kind of hit their stride on a lot of things, including these lighthearted episodes that like in season one, the Jar Jar episode like didn't really land with us. It wasn't as funny. It wasn't. It was very like small scale. It was a little too slapstick. But this is just like they've got the humor down. And at this point, they're firing on all cylinders with like the animation and stuff. So very pretty even even at the points where it's where it might not be amazingly executed it's like sexy sexy animation (laughs) i feel like jar jar undergoes like a full-on hero's journey in this arc like the whole circle with like you know the descent into the cave and then the meeting of the father and then coming back into the above world 
I was doing some research on this, just like looking at the wiki and looking at the the databank stuff, because I don't know a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But these episodes were initially written by uh, Jonathan Rinsler, who wrote, who did all the making of books. Hmm. So that and who like definitely worked with George Lucas and is big on the hero's journey. So I would not be surprised if that was completely intentional. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Rinsler also just died recently. May he oh. rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. So fun chase. I liked the chase in the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the amount of times Mother Towson dies or slash fucks <laughs> off to the to the spirit world. Wherever like, the hell she I, is. She just like basically respawns at start and is like, fuck, I got killed again. <laughs> Which I do I I don't know how it works, but I do respect it. <laughs> you gotta respect the she grind. Get, she gets back up off the mat and goes right back into scheming. And it's also like with the full confidence that this time it's gonna work out. And it's yeah, like, and still clean. doing the Come like on. swaying clothes and and the double voice. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> she's one of she's one Flaming of the cooler. Sword. I love her like as a that she's one of the cooler characters that Clone Wars introduces on the villain side. Was she not the, in any the of, the, side. of the comic stuff with the Night Sisters? Nope. The Night Sisters were pretty. The Clone Wars take on the Night Sisters was a pretty radical departure from the like specifics of Legends. The the Legend stuff had the witches of Dathomir and the Night Sisters as two separate groups, a sort mm-hmm. of light side and dark side. And Clone Wars essentially consolidates them. By making the Night Sisters not all like evil, they are just another system of of Force users. Their leader, Mother Talzin, like is dealing with Dooku and doing some. They're definitely tending more towards dark than light. If we look at the Jedi's point of view on the Force, mm-hmm. and like Dathomir looks completely different, and they ditched the Rancors for some reason. I, a Jedi I Fallen a- Order, I know, brought them back. Yeah, I believe. I have a lot of thoughts on how the Night Sisters use the Force, but I'm gonna hold off just yeah, because we have dark we have an episode. Yeah, we're gonna do an, a Dark Disciple episode. So yep. if you're listening, get ready, read but, along with us. But speaking of the Force, we can get into the yes, Yoda arc. Let's yeah. get into the crazy shit. So, so, so first we have so. the episode about what's his face. I watched this today. Hold on, Jedi Master from Sifydias. <laughs> Sifo-Dyas. That's embarrassing. No, I, I literally keep saying like Quinlan Voss because I have been rereading <laughs> Dark Disciples. So I'm like, Quinlan yeah. Voss ordered the clone army. No, it was Sifo-Dyas. Um, Could you so imagine? The, the funny thing is, is, so I think Legends may have given sort of a wishy-washy answer on Sifo-Dyas, but the Sifo-Dyas stuff in Attack of the Clones, we talked about like almost a year ago. Yeah. That eventually you would be given an answer on this. Congrats. It's a year later. It, and in, in real time, this episode, I believe, came out in 2014. So it was 12 years after Attack of the Clones. And well, the thing, too, is and it that still doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't yeah. really make I mean, it, <laughs> it makes more sense. I think my thing with it is that if you don't watch Clone Wars, you really don't know. And I feel like that's that's just sort of a I don't know. I guess maybe not. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. No, what, what It's what a the weakness of the movie holds. But. I think this all the time when watching Clone Wars is like, how can you truly say that you're a Star Wars fan and that you love mm-hmm. Star Wars if you haven't watched Clone Wars? Because so much of the story is missing. And it's interesting to me to think about, like, I, I guess this is just like a grand scheme kind of thing, but how, like, to some people, Clone Wars is just like a little pocket of all there is to Star Wars. And I'm like, ah, it's crazy to me that this is just like a little bit of what's to come. Yeah, it's certainly, <laughs> like, if you're a prequel era fan... Clone Wars is essential. If you yeah. only yeah. love the original movies from the 70s and 80s, 
you don't need it per se and a lot of people won't give it a chance but I agree with you that if you want to get into like the totality of Star Wars, at least a sort of essential episodes viewing of Clone Wars is is, yeah. is will help you. But yeah, so so much of this was crazy. I think that I didn't realize that like force ghosts weren't is it like if force ghosts is kind of like the term force ghost or force spirit. I figured that was like normal. Like in my little mind, I was like, cool. Okay. Cause, cause they, they had, and also, also, also back it up because Yoda says to Anakin, he's like, you had, um, you talked to Qui-Gon when you were on Mortis. Right. And he was like, oh yeah, well, we just think that that was some crazy shit that happened. That it wasn't real. <laughs> I we were love all that. Sure. I love Anakin's Mortis take. <laughs> it's so funny to me that that is like said in the show. Yeah. Anakin well, just goes, eh, I didn't really like those episodes. <laughs> I think it's crazy, first of all, that I didn't realize that they told anybody what happened on Mortis. I guess I was under the impression that they just sort of were like, that was crazy. We were smoking some real good shit. But I guess they did talk about it. Clearly, they disclosed. So, it's implied so- <laughs> that the Jedi have to do yeah. like police reports, essentially. Yeah. Sometimes that yeah, like, like a I, report to the council and oh, especially yeah. something like Mortis where like it's a, you know, whole ass force vision that they feel like they saw. That's something that I feel like at least Obi-Wan would report yes. to the council. Obi-Wan oh, like puts like a, a, a report the size of the middle Harry Potter books on the council's desk. <laughs> Anakin puts down some scribbles and a doodle. I, I think it's just cool to me. I would have loved to know what yoda's sort of reaction to mortis would be to hearing about mortis local frog definitely seen some shit (laughs) definitely seen some crazy shit but yeah i think just this whole concept of like hey that's not true you can't force ghosts don't exist and then for yoda to go through this whole thing to what become a force ghost was just sort of not become but like when he dies gain gain the ability to become a force ghost after his death was crazy i i i'm interested i wish i wish there was like a special of like qui-gon going through those trials um because that would be really cool to see yeah love Um, love qui-gon stories they should do more of them they should do more i love qui-gon qui-gon looked so fucking sexy in these episodes i just when anytime they showed qui-gon i was like i didn't realize that animated qui-gon could get hotter than i thought we only heard his voice this these episodes no he shows up he shows up does he not did i imagine yeah he shows up physically in mortis but oh i was looking at pictures from mortis during these episodes maybe that's just in my imagination yeah (laughs) qui-gon is does look good yeah but like no qui-gon has a line in um voices where he's like i was only able to be on mortis because of their connection with the force you're right, you're right, you're right. And he does the um the connection with the force on the planet. Yeah, I was like it was when it was when he was like, follow the light. And I was like Yeah. With the little Firefly boys <laughs> on, on Dagobah. I do also before we get into like the the force shit with, with the ghosts and the trials and shit, we did learn something pretty momentous at the end of the first episode. Yeah, the lo- we yeah, we should sort of let's already talk knew. about the lost one for a little bit. Yeah, we I believe knew that Dooku and Tyrannus were the same person because uh, yes, Sidious addresses him as Lord Tyrannus. So we knew that Dooku was Tyrannus, but Obi-Wan shits his pants when he finds that out. And that's like so we uh, it's an interesting thing with the Jedi sort of becoming like a little warier of the of not the clones as people but the 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 circumstances How around the clones about. it's such a huge theme running through this season where they're just like Ugh, there's some weirdness here that we didn't really think about three years ago well 
it's cool with the whole conspiracy thing because we as an audience know that the clones are programmed to turn on the Jedi in some way. Or, you know, that that there is something within them that when it like a little flip that when it's switched, they're gonna they're gonna turn. And now essentially the Jedi kind of know this too. I mean, not to the full extent. I just it's kind of crazy that like if they had listened to fives and just sort of even even if they didn't like do anything even if they had just like listened heard him out and then moved on they would have been able to put all the pieces together once they made this discovery but because Mm -hmm. you know shit went down the way it did kind of like yoda was saying they just have to play it out well it seems to me that also they they don't really connect like this revelation with the five stuff because they still think the five stuff was bunk they think yeah, he was nuts. Exactly. So they're not like, wow, okay, let's connect this to the conspiracy episodes we just watched. They're like, oh, we've solved a mystery from three years ago that's kind of ominous, but maybe it'll probably be fine. We'll deal with that later. And then yeah. they yeah, and then they're just like, let's cover it up. Yeah, like, yeah that was love hella, me some shady Jedi shit. Hella shady. As it makes you think if those protesters from the Ahsoka arc have have got a little bit of some a uh, little bit of a point. No, I definitely think like the Jedi are not what they're supposed to be i think we all already know that yeah. and yeah. they are um i just started the high republic books up. too i yeah. read the first one light of the jedi and like you know this is like an era when the the jedi are like i mean it's called the, the high ideals. republic yeah. they're supposed to be that they are what they're supposed to be and well, it's I... like the jedi come in they save entire systems from disaster and yeah, this is this the is galaxy a new is at Andy. peace this is a new publishing initiative, all books and comics and stuff set 200 years before Phantom Menace. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. So it's not spoilers because everything that's happened already happened, but it's also not really relevant to our journey on the podcast unless we decide to get into it later down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Just for funsies. Yeah. But I, I like also that in season one, Yoda has a lot of quotes about like, try not to lose yourself while in the war. And, and that's sort of part of the the more moralistic stuff at the beginning of the show and at the end here at the very end of this he's like oh no we lost the war by fighting it and it shows that like even though he knows that the, the jedi are in too deep they they ha- they're taking these actions that get shadier and shadier even though yoda who is the wisest of them has finally clocked it they're like oh we're fucked aren't we just a little bit we're we're between a rock and a hard place right now yeah i mean it's like i mean they say at the end of the lost one that they're just like all we can do is play dooku's game at this point I uh, I also, in defense of my, the Clone Wars is definitely longer than three years. Dooku says, like, I told you the truth on Geonosis all those years ago. That's it's, yeah. Um, I mean, that's clearly a reference to the fact that it has been 12 out of universe yeah, years. I know. <laughs> I know. But I'm going to die on my wrong yeah. little hill. Well, no, like, yeah, that's. I know. Uh, I mean, we've said this before. Time we're, stuff we're in Star Wars is goofy whenever it's referred to. It's just part of the quirks of the franchise. And I don't mind it at all. But it's just funny. I mean, honestly, yeah, I really got to say these past two years have felt like five. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start saying all those years ago to stuff that happened in 2019. <laughs> Remember when we got the the email to that we were not coming back for spring break all those years all ago. All those years ago. Well, technically, no, because I was being chucked out of the United Kingdom at the time. Right. Yeah. Where it was because like COVID wasn't in America yet, really. Uh, well, it was, but we didn't know that yet. It was getting to serious in Europe. So I thought I would come chill in the States while Europe dealt with this problem. <laughs> cute. Ooh. Very cute. Then I lived in Michigan for several months. Okay, so yes, now, yeah. now forcey things. 
Yes, forcey things. Andy, your take. Midi chlorians were mentioned again. I was like, damn, we're really yeah. bringing it back to this. But I think um, in a in a better way here. They figured out how to like incorporate them a little. Yeah. But we also get the uh the living force cosmic force dichotomy. Yes. Which is a, a purely George Lucas thing. According to behind the scenes stuff, he he always like talks about that shit. Yeah. I think that it's how do I even begin to explain this? I mean, what if we went episode by episode? Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I think yeah. we should go episode by episode. Yeah, so like in Voices, this is the one where Obi- or, um, Yoda hears Qui-Gon's voice. He undergoes the little like, you know, uh, sensory deprivation thing. Everyone attempts to put their hands on his shoulder at the same time. Oh my God, that fucking Baptist shit. that scene. That yeah. was so weird. <laughs> I that really is like, like fully coming out of like some Southern religious traditions of like some of those, like the churches that like get really, really into the whole I can feel God kind of thing. Like that kind of thing, the putting on the hand and just like, you know, letting time pass by and like trying to feel the connection to a higher power is like straight out of like. It's also like, very Buddhist. It. Yeah. Just in terms of the of the like, if not the the gestures, the 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 like concept behind it. Mm-hmm. I personally love the time. We never get time lapse in Star Wars. And I love mm-hmm. seeing the uh, the speeders go by yeah. as it changes from uh, day to night. Maybe no. one of the Jedi got really it just imagine being one of the Jedi who's just sort of not having a good day, not really feeling the force. You got to be so bored at that point. I, oh, hey, I, they're meditating. I kept thinking, like, what if you were in, like, an uncomfortable position when you started? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, But it's really important to Yoda, up. so you can't move. You can't move at all. No, I think it was really cool. I think it was dope that everyone was like, okay, we're going to go meditate with Yoda for a while. I, I like seeing they- Jedi doing Jedi shit rather no. than yeah. generals. And they have such faith in Yoda, too, for them to be able to just, like, immediately decide to do this based on, you know, what Yoda thinks is just, like... A dream. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll help you figure this out. I think, too, I really loved that Yoda is not, like, above it all, though. I really like that Yoda is the one who acknowledges, like, yeah, I am not, I am not immune to corruption. And, like, some of the Jedi were like, come on, Yoda, like, it's you. Are you sure? <laughs> and he was like, no, like, I, I don't know what's going on. And he... This was honestly like this whole thing began with genuine concern that he was being corrupted by the Sith and by the dark side. And I feel like that's kind of beautiful that like even and then and then and then later on we get to see him going through all of these trials and then he's going to have to undergo training under Qui-Gon. And I think that that was so beautiful that even after 900 years and being like the Jedi master, that there is still more for Yoda to learn and then there is still more that he still experiences those um, temptations mm-hmm. and um, that he still has to like work. He still has things to work towards. I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, because yeah. Yoda is to a degree arrogant. We, th- we see this in the next episode that like he, you know, thinks that he kind of knows everything, but he doesn't. Yeah. Well, and he is the de facto leader of the Jedi. A lot of shit gets put at Mace Windu's feet, but Yoda is the leader, really. And he has led them down the path of being warriors. And this is sort of his sort of wake up call that not only are you probably doing some wrong things right now, but you don't you haven't mastered the force. There are things about the force you can't even comprehend. And that's a cool, as Andy says, it's it's really cool to see with Yoda specifically. They don't do Yoda episodes often in Clone Wars, but they never miss. 
Yeah, they always fucking slap. Yeah. I also like that in terms of broadcast order at the time, the series started with Yoda with Ambush way back in the day and mm-hmm. ended with Yoda in these episodes, which I think is pretty cool. The series ending proper is better, but it was a cool send off to the little little frog that started it all in 2008. Yeah. The um the other thing that I thought just like this is like a little thing that I thought was cool in that first episode was that the doctor literally says she's like I'm not an expert in his biology but I think he's okay. And I was like that's such a nice little detail to like acknowledge that mm-hmm. that not all of the the I guess races are the same and because it's not like people races these are like full other species. Yeah. Um, well and we we there's well you know that baby Yoda exists. There is also yes. Yaddle, who is in Phantom Menace, who is just Yoda with a wig on. Is like <laughs> a female Yoda. She then like dies off screen. Uh, but or is no she's a playable the- character in like it was Star Wars the Skywalker saga. She is. Yeah. Um, but so basically there aren't that many Yodas. So like it's not even like Yodas were not in that the the med school textbooks that uh, <laughs> that, that doctor had. So he's like a rare species. Like she knows how Twi'leks know work. And stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool, though. I really. Then that's like even better because yeah. it's Yodas a nod are rare. to that. Um, yeah, y- Yodas are like shining Pokemon. <laughs> I do also love one of my favorite character moments in the entire series is Yoda getting Anakin to break him out of hospital oh, jail. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It, Yoda's once, Anakin was showing. Fault. It's just so funny that he literally tells him, like, yeah, you're you're really good at breaking the council's orders. You want to do it for me? Like, I wish the Jedi sort of treated Anakin like that more. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. reprimand him, but you also should encourage him at times. Yeah. It's the nicest thing the Jedi any Jedi that's not Obi-Wan does to Anakin in like several seasons. Um because Anakin's like, hell yeah, I'll fuck some shit up with you, Yoda. I wonder what Anakin would be like as a Jedi if there wasn't the Clone Wars. Like, what would his like? I don't know. Like, you know, he's he's a Jedi Knight. He's trying to become a Jedi Master. Like, what is he trying to do to become to to, to get the Council to approve of him as a Master in without in, in the Clone Wars? There wasn't the Clone War. He leaves when he's nineteen to be oh, a Padme. Yeah, that's, that's what no, I think. A good point. No, I keep thinking about what would happen if Qui Gon didn't die. Well, if Qui Gon doesn't one. die, then uh, then, then Anakin becomes off. a great Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I saw a quote about it earlier this week. Not like a spoiler quote, but just a quote being like, Obi-Wan won the battle, but like in reality, Qui-Gon's death meant that Anakin was never going to become... Yeah. Was, was always going to be corrupted. And, yeah. Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan, poor Obi-Wan, was forced into teaching before he was barely even anything but a student yeah. and like with a lot of pressure on him with mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's death. And it is, it does sort of... I know there are like in lore reasons why Qui-Gon can't sort of make his way back from the netherworld of the force that often, but I do wish he had appeared to Anakin a little more. Yeah. Although I think uh, this is key. He has to teach Yoda because Yoda's the the greatest. Yoda is the teacher. Yoda has to survive because he's the font of knowledge for the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After we leave Dagobah, which is the well, swamp yeah. planet that he, we see, we see all and Yoda gets the visions Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about the crazy force planet. I love the crazy force planet. <laughs> I, I do want to hear Andy talk about the vision. So for a hot okay. sec, sorry. Yeah. Just because Dagobah is like a very iconic planet and the cave on Dagobah. So it's like, yeah, but they don't know that. 
Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. Mm. I just feel like it was... Uh, are we fine. talking about the... I thought it, it was giving very much Bruno's visions from Encanto, yeah. I guess. I always that think was dark, really what I kept thinking about. I always think Dark Crystal a little bit when we see Dagobah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's because when they originally did Dagobah, the actual Dark Crystal movie was contemporaneous. Like they were doing set design the same way. But I think of, I always think of like the mists and the and the creepy creepy crawlies and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I didn't have like cr- this 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 wasn't I think the thing that was like earth shattering to me. But the the visions were um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I did when I watched Mortis, where I was yeah. like, it's getting it's this getting just, ominous. This confused me more than anything else. <laughs> I feel upset and unsure of what this means. Mm-hmm. Um, but the general are, like. The general consensus of the visions is that there's a big storm on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I didn't really know if this was like, this is definitely going to happen or like this is the most possible outcome and you need to change it. Um, but I guess Yoda doesn't really know Who's that either. Who's to say? Yeah. So it's kind of good. Yeah, I do really love that. Um, it's because Dagobah is like this, the planet where Qui-Gon is giving the whole um, living force, cosmic force mo- monologue. Yeah. I love that it kind of summons Dagobah as like a planet that is just like super steeped in the force. And it's just like this swamp planet where just like everything is growing. There's water creatures, there's tree creatures, there's flying things. There's It's just pure life has not been touched by anything. And of course, this is I just I, I love those kinds of planets, too. And even though it's sort of normal looking for us, like swamps exist on Earth, it's very like similar to the Force planet, which is also which is sort of like linked to that well of like the living force. So it's like crazy with life, but it is cool to think about. And I I, I'm trying to think in what stories we get planets that are said to be really strong in the force, because it's a it's happened in Star Wars. It was in Legends. It was reiterated in canon. I can think of one now, but I can't tell you what it is. Uh, but it's a it's a cool concept. I love it, and I love it when it like doubles down on the connection to nature. Yeah. And then and then we were talking about the Force Planet itself. Yeah, and I love and that. Ladies. Also, I love that R two is along for the ride. So R two <laughs> is like R two is seeing things that his little robot brain may not be equipped to process. This it, this is one of the times where I'm like, I think R2 being there made it better. I think that that was just sort of like a silly hey, little... Positive R2 opinion. A silly little moment of just like, meh. We hardly ever get to see specifically Yoda and R2, like yeah. two of the most chaotic characters in Star Wars, like, interact. They're both so wacky that their, like, weirdness was sort of playing off each other. And I love, I think that Yoda's, like, best quality is that he just, like, says shit. And you're like, you mm-hmm. have to deal with it. You have to deal with whatever wacky stuff comes out of his mouth. And so having him say that wacky, he'd have like a little one-liner to uh, to R2 before they'd go somewhere. I thought that was cute. I thought that was yeah. so funny. Especially because then from once he lands on the Force Planet, it's like a Yoda solo episode in a mm-hmm. way yeah. that even the last episode wasn't. It's just him and the, and the Force Priestesses. Yeah, I yeah. feel like kind of weird about that whole thing. I don't really know necessarily. I think it was just, yeah, it was weird. I Their, their masks and then he, they took off the mask and there was no face and that was just creepy. It was the, that was weird. It was weird. I didn't like watching 
Yoda fight with little gremlin Yoda. Like there's yeah, just I'm not a, a lot fan of, of weird shit. I'm not a huge fan of of making him literally dark Yoda. I think yeah. it's a little goofy. I know Star Wars is goofy. It was just a little too on the nose, even though I think thematically it's a lesson you have to have him learn. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, like the idea of fighting just like the dark side version of yourself is um, I, I, is really cool. I also I like that. Say. I do like that Yoda was like, this is a fucking trick. He immediately calls bullshit thinking like, oh, you're just fucking with me. Dark Yoda is not real. I can't he can't hurt me. And then to sort of have to accept the darkness within himself is a is an interesting thing for somebody who, like we talked about, has sort of seen before now is like the embodiment of the of the light. He's the Jedi because the Jedi thought he was being corrupted by the Sith. We know he's not. But also we still, even though that's not true, get to see him acknowledge his own darkness. I think I would have liked to see it manifest in a different way. I understand Mm -hmm. why having it be him is like whatever. But I think that it's easy to say like there's darkness within all of us, even Yoda. And but like having it just be like shadowy you, I feel like doesn't pack a punch as much as it would if it were like what your darkness would turn you into. Because Mm -hmm. the darkness, the dark, the it. The dark side of the forest forest is not going to make you some like weird shadow gremlin. Um, It's going to make you do terrible things. It's going to turn you into Darth Vader, you know, whatever that would be for Yoda. And Mm -hmm. so I think that like that manifestation of it or something that shows us like. Yeah, maybe like a, a Yoda. A Yoda who's like a king, like a because he's a Jedi. He he wears the simple robes. He like a Yoda who's like lavish in his power, or even a Yoda that looks exactly the same. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's just a Force priestess holding a mirror. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean honestly, like the dark side is within him, and I think being like, oh, it's this like very evil entity that is like having him fight it. I don't know. I think no. kind of like defeated the purpose of like accepting the fact that it existed. Yeah. It also just looks a little bit fucking stupid. It looks stupid. <laughs> um, the I whole mean, it's thing, Gollum. It yeah, is literally it's Gollum. Gollum. It's every it's every little goblin like it just sort of it. And the Yoda design from Clone Wars widens his head in a way that makes it look like less like the normal Yoda. So the the dark version of him doesn't really look like Yoda it's not as recognizable as Yoda. It just reads sort of dark elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do um, like the uh, vision that he gets both visions. He gets of the, or the, the linked vision he gets at the Jedi temple, uh, the like ooh. good, no war version. And then the everyone's yeah. dead in the hallway version. Yeah. They're, they're flipped, yeah, but yeah. 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 That fucked me up. <laughs> that fucked me up. Um, yeah. The, the no war one, I think honestly, I, I love Ashley Eckstein. I'm not a huge fan of her, some of her acting in this particular scene, but I know this was like the last. It's la- supposed some of the- to be like a little bit exaggerated, yeah, I feel I like, though. Yeah. I know. It's just silly. It, yes. But it was also like sort of coming off a couple years of like living with the Ahsoka arc, which is mm-hmm. her best work. And, uh, but it is, yeah, it's a little exaggerated but then the the no war stuff especially dooku in like his jedi outfit really mm-hmm. that hits hard with yeah. well and he really... like and no you say what you're gonna say no you go andy 
it just really fucked me up when Yoda was like, well, because I had a mini panic attack. Not really panic attack, but he was like, he was like a new Padawan or a traitor. And I was like, at first I thought he was talking to Ahsoka and I was like, I will kill you. And then I was like, <laughs> he's talking to Dooku. That's my bad. Yeah. But like for a split second there, I was like, because I'm used to people calling Ahsoka the Padawan. And I was like, well, but in this context, du- she's a it's citizen du- now. It's, it's Dooku. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but not in this vision. Yeah. Um, I do like I uh Cory Bur- Cory Burton who voices Dooku does like a great job using his Dooku voice to be like pleasant and charming, mm-hmm. which he doesn't really do very often and I thought that was a really good touch of believability even though we're like we're in the vision episode, we know this isn't real. But it 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 adds to me it adds a layer of authenticity to the scene that really works for me. And yeah. actually Andy, this is where you saw Qui-Gon. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say. Thank you. I was like, man, y'all are making me feel so embarrassed. But he doesn't no. speak in that bit He's though. He's in it though. He looks yeah. fine as hell. I'm I He's literally it, yeah. I apologize for that it mistake. Was, <laughs> no, it was funny cuz I was like, I think Calvin's right that he 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 does say like that bit of it was weird cuz I was in between you. I'm like, I swear he's in these, but I know Calvin's right about him not appearing in yeah. as a force ghost. No, he, and he looks different from how he looked on Mortis. Yeah. Um in in this but he's yeah he's like yeah, in the probably an animation the model right. upgrade yeah um yeah i don't know um, why they would do that if they're showing him for like four fucking seconds because they um, have money to burn to do it yeah <laughs> that's true this is um, like basically the last money that they're burning <laughs> um i love that in this little sequ- that these two jedi temple visions um it's katuni who kind of is yoda's little yes. guide especially because like Yoda's the one who trains like the younglings. And so it's, you know, someone who he would know personally. Also, it's like, I don't know if it's a different voice actor or if it's purposely kind of different, but she sounds like a little bit more like physically, she sounds more stuffed up. Um, But that kind of lends to like the sinisterness of it all. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I do I'm know what you say, what you were saying. I remember I was a little I thought I found that voice acting a little jarring, honestly. I same, I, I same wonder, actor. It's same the same actor? actor. I thought it was a different yeah. actor. So I um Yeah. I, I totally see what you're saying. But also uh, probably a decent amount of time between recording sessions. True. Puberty. So like puberty. <laughs> Although I mean Well, but also it... just like an actor plays a minor character on a show and then tries to do the same voice as probably going to sound a little different yeah, yeah. and well, also it was kind of like evil vision version of this yeah. character too so yep yeah uh, uh, yeah i mean olivia hack is a uh, full-on that's the voice actor for katuni she's an actual adult so yeah okay not yeah. not puberty it was not, not puberty, puberty. <laughs> no i don't it's pretty rare even redacted from the bad batch is not played by a actual kid no yeah that's true that's true all right. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and then I, it's fascinating that, you know, they are they takes off the mask and then they're just like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I weird. I like that more just because the uh, the whole point is to learn how to transcend your physical body. Yeah. And these they've been chilling as spirits for a while. So I like that as sort of the seeing that these guys are on a level that even Qui-Gon is not. They are like they are basically just manifestations of the force at this point in a similar way, honestly, to the to the way I interpret the Mortis, the Mortis trio. Yeah. And I mean, they're literally um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're like 
personifications of emotions, you know, serenity, fear, confusion, joy, whatever the fifth one is. <laughs> What's the fifth one? Hold anger. on. Anger. It's the one with the, uh, is the it mouth anger? down. Oh. It was, it, she's pissed. She's the pissy one. Yeah. Okay. I remember her mask design. Anger. Um, yeah, it's Biff. Anger, not Biff. <laughs> Biff is in the vision. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. It's Biff. <laughs> Biff, Biff is from, the uh, little, the Ichthorian one, right? Ah, I was like, they get Biff from Back to the Future and then Biff, like the Cantina Band aliens. Oh. Who no. is Biff? Um, is Biff the one? Biff was the Ichthorian uh, youngling from the um, youngling lightsaber Hondo arc. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I the one with art. like the um and the eyes here and the yeah. mouth on the side and he speaks <laughs> like yo actually i had a really funny like a couple of days ago my stomach was really upset and i was sitting there thinking wow my stomach really sounds like an ichthorian speaking right now <laughs> terrible yeah you better hope it doesn't uh you've seen the micro series right the old animated series yeah calvin you better oh, yeah, hope it it's not the... like that bit when <laughs> he yells yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's an Ichthorian Jedi, and he joke. like um, he yells, and it's like a sonic boom through the Force. It's fun. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, we should definitely do like if we ever do special episodes on the, the old Clone Wars series. Yeah. It won't like count for any story or anything, but it's it's a goofy fun ride. Yeah, but yeah. So now the last episode of this, Yoda is... travels to Moraband, the ancient Sith homeworld, and encounters you a must lot face of... the gravest of journeys yeah i'm just doing the i'm just doing the line <laughs> it was in the trailer the yeah. line delivery stuck in my head oh, okay okay fun fun um yeah what what happens to him he meets darth bane yes the original sith who created the rule of two yes which is an old darth bane being the sith who created the rule of two i believe is a legends concept mm -hmm. the rule of two itself is a george thing that was introduced in the phantom menace yeah um, um the darth bane books trilogy was hold on uh path of this i love those books roughly contemporaneous i believe yeah uh it was to this not the film it was, path of destruction it was old republic when that video game came out uh 2006 was when it was published so 2006, oh, really? 2007, okay. 2008 were um, the Darth Bane trilogy. Um, yeah. They're fascinating. They are um, written by a guy named Drew Karpshipshin. Oh, well, that's what his name. So he writes all of the Old Republic. Yeah. The, the MMO. That's what uh, that's what the connection was. Okay. But that's, Darth Bane is voiced it by doesn't Mark really Hanel. count. Yes, I did know that. No. Um, really? Who, yeah. Yes. Luke? Yeah. Well, and then post playing luke in in the originals he goes on to have a prolific voice acting career including one of the most famous voices of the joker yeah but yeah so i like i really like the vision stuff where we have yoda versus darth sidious on coruscant because it it's like nearly identical to a the plot of a Legends novel that was originally the prelude to Revenge of the Sith. Hunting for Darth Sidious in the works on Coruscant, just sort of set up, is part of that novel called Labyrinth of Evil. None of it's canon anymore. None of it really is even close to what ends up being the real story. Yeah. But I love that they kept that because I like that like rundown area of Coruscant as a setting. And I like that sort of little nod to this is the way 
Yoda thinks it's going to go as sort of the way it went in another universe. I also I think Rex dies in this vision, but he's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It happens. I want to point out how Palpatine force choked Dooku as a hologram. Did oh, you guys yeah. notice that? Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, this yes. is fucking crazy. This is no. Oh, no, illegal. that's not true. We will see that again. The, um, the one of the very. Uh, yeah, OK, because I was thinking that's like an unprecedented power. But no, it's not. It's fine. He can do that. He, he's just just it's he's okay. that he can do it. <laughs> it was just crazy. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that, that shook me to my core because I feel like that proved to me how truly powerful. Um, yeah, he is. Well, and this um, this is a fun because Palpatine, we're seeing all these like displays of how powerful Palpatine and Yoda are. And we see them fight even in the vision, yeah. which is fun. I do love that Yoda, when he like tries to reveal who he is, he gets an empty cloak just because Yoda is just like the, the priestesses, empty cloaks, Sidious, empty cloak. No answers for Yoda. No <laughs> answers for you, baby. I really loved that Anakin was like, which and the kills vision. Dooku. Kills yeah. Dooku and, and Yoda's like, no. And then Anakin does it anyway. Yeah. This is like, yeah, it's like, I mean, like, this is what an ending for the original run of Clone War for, for, for like the new, the, the second, what a second ending for the original run of Clone Wars is a yeah. really awesome fight between Yoda and Darth Sidious. And a really gorgeous final shot of that tree at the Jedi Temple before they do the fade out again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second time uh, that they don't end an episode with, with the, the song. Um, um, which both, and I think both were well utilized. I really like Yoda's final speech on the Clone Wars, and I think it works sort of in and out of universe again, discussing this as yet another series finale for Clone Wars. And yeah, at the time, this was it. This was it. They were moving. Rebels was on its way. They had... They were fully under Disney. The Force Awakens was in production. Like we were moving into a new era of Star Wars and the Clone Wars was presumably being left behind purely for how many fucking dollars it cost to make. And it will like it's it's hard for me to separate this like season six from its time, really. Um, it's been fun watching it finally in the context of the actual show, like and seeing how well it flows because it was I consumed it so out of. It was so long past the Clone Wars series ending on TV and then so long before the Clone Wars comes back last year, two years ago. Two years ago? Two Man, years. Okay. Uh, never no, mind. No, wait. I'm, yeah, I'm, we've had. Oh, my God. I know, it's the but two I'm years anniversary on, of the... I'm back yeah. on board with Dooku. Uh, it really has been all those years since Geonosis. It, it was three years. I abandoned my entire position. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy to think about watching season six, not know, like believing that that's the end, like not knowing that season seven will eventually come to you. I yeah. would be pissed like like it truly. Was... I would be so mad that Ahsoka didn't show up in this season and that we never really well, got an answer to what happens to her. I never really was expecting an answer on Ahsoka because that was such a definitive ending for her and they didn't tease her in any of like the trailer stuff. Her yeah. showing up at all was a surprise. Um, but I remember being sort of like, wow, I really enjoyed this and I'm sad we're never going to get any more because the the especially the conspiracy arc and this Yoda arc made me really like I really th th these are so like not only good, but like consequential for Star Wars that I can't believe we're not going to get 
the answer on on not even just like how how was it going to end? How were they going to wrap up everything they'd introduced? Mm-hmm. Not not the least to say what happens to Ahsoka and Rex as the two most major characters who were introduced were in the Clone Wars and who did not appear in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Sort of by it, by consequence of being introduced in the Clone Wars three years after Revenge of the Sith. But like now I don't have to give a shit about that. and I could just appreciate these episodes on their own, knowing that Clone Wars gets finished and that like you, you we're not going to be like, OK, wait six years, Andy, until you can see it and it'll be a surprise. No, you can technically start your season seven journey tomorrow if you wanted. Yeah. Although yeah. We have an episode on Dark Disciple to do before that. So, That's yes, true. I know. I'm just I'm. Yeah, I'm speaking in hyperbole to underscore the point. But I but yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved. Like, are, you, this. are you grateful that we finally explained the force a little bit after yeah. six seasons and two movies? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think that I think honestly, this gave me more questions than answers, though, to be <laughs> yeah. honest, to be quite that honest. Um, we still I swear <laughs> in like three years in real time, eventually you will watch a movie that will give a very concise explanation of what the force is. Yeehaw. And we have been denying that to you for over a year. <laughs> I know. It's it's we're taking our time. We'll get yeah. there. Calvin um, and I think I've sort of like verbatim quoted it a couple times just because we were trying to help you. Oh. It didn't work. No. Uh, but I loved this ending, even though I know it's not an ending. Even even with being mad about Ahsoka, I feel like that seeing all of this i really just think it was beautiful i really like that they sort of acknowledged that like the jedi's part in the war is wrong and Mm -hmm. that and that essentially like they are powerless at this point because they can't stop what's been put into motion and this is gonna sound terrible and it's not that i think that the jedi are all bad guys but it's kind of like whatever leads to their demise is kind of i don't want to say like it's your own fault but, you know, if we had They've, asked a little more questions at the mm-hmm. beginning, if we had really c- considered things, they wouldn't be in the position that they are now years down the yeah. line. Yeah. They're certainly being manipulated by the forces of the dark side, but also they are active. Hand, they, they are making their own decisions. They may have been set up. They were set up to take this free army and fight a war and lose their way. But they really didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that this this stuff is all about like choices of the Jedi, choices of individual Jedi, choices of the order as a whole. And it's it's a good place to wrap sort of, well, no, Dark Disciple will get into it as well. But for the TV show, it's a good place to sort of wrap up the thematic journey of the Jedi as we head towards Revenge of the Sith. Because I will say, uh, season six does some dalliances and for focuses on just sort of random characters. We go from fives, Anakin and Padme to Jar Jar and Mace Windu to Yoda, which is a very strange Guardians of the Galaxy esque lineup. But season seven, as the last, will return its focus to our main characters. So it's cool to see sort of like an Yoda bringing the Jedi stuff to its conclusion, so that you're sort of like you've you've got the primer on where the Jedi are in Revenge of the Sith, and you know like the context for what's going to happen. Absolutely. It'll, I think, be really interesting because Clone Wars was developed to give that context, but mostly to people who'd already seen Revenge of the Sith. So you will have like the full weight of everything that's been done in the series, and you'll get to watch the things that happen with that knowledge. 
I'm Not to say that we, like we could end the podcast after Revenge of the Sith because there's a lot of stuff you will enjoy, but this is like basically because of how heavily Clone Wars was influenced by Revenge of the Sith. This is what we've been building towards for, for a year. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the next project of her, I mean, like, the next milestone is gonna be like the original trilogy, and seeing you know, like, like right now we are ramping up to you know what your reaction is to Revenge of the Sith, but like you know, then we get Bad Batch, Solo, Kenobi, Rogue One. Rebels. Yeah, we'll sort of switch. We'll sort of switch eras of Star Wars. Yeah, um, as it were, not in terms of like when they were released, sort of, but all, but also in terms of like the content. There's a very clear switch that Revenge of the Sith, if not the last story set in that era, is like the 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 period of the prequel era. It's Which is, exciting. Yeah. We're like, Calvin and I have been waiting to torture you for so long. Yeah. <laughs> That fun. sounds bad out of context, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to talk about Dark Disciple a little bit before we? Yeah. So next time on First Step to Star Wars podcast, we'll be doing an episode on Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Yeehaw. Get to see what happens with Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Vos. I thought I was That's done with homework. Yeah. I was done with you people assigning reading. me reading. I've I've been graduated for two months and I'm assigned reading. I like it's Dark Disciple. It's so really be, good though. No, like I blasted through that it's thing. A zip, like yeah. I started it on Tuesday, I think, because I I went to Barnes and well, Noble on Monday. I haven't started reading it yet because I know that when when I do, I have time during the day, so I'll just sit down, read the ebook, and uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I might go into the used bookstore and see if they have a copy. Yeah. Also, um, um, at the end of the at least the physical copy, there's a short story that I never knew happened. It's there. Yeah, it's one of the insider ones, right? Yeah. So I think like I still wild. had the subscription to the magazine at the time, so I've I've read yeah. some of those. Is it's like a, a one-off. It's fun. We can talk about it. Do I um, read it? Leading into a new dawn. I have no or, clue. I mean, okay. you can if you want to. It kind of just is like a. It's a little. It gives explanation onto. Um, oh wait, you're past this point in the book. It gives explanation onto that pirate group that Ventress um says yeah. that she can help oh i did read this one I it's not the her. one i thought it was it's fun all right swag yeah no, yeah so next time dark disciple we will be joined by a very special guest for that episode so stay tuned very yeah it's exciting. our first book episode we're counting it because it's off in unproduced scripts so it sort of counts as a clone wars episode yeah. but yeah it'll be fun to briefly switch formats and, and like I mean, like, really, I, and, yeah. and Andy, this is like a dream come true because Ventress is one of your favorite characters, and you get to spend time in her head, basically. Yeah, I love it. I love this book so and much. I hate this book. I hate this book, but kisses. I love it. <laughs> it's spicy. <sighs> she and are you boss done, Andy? Kiss. I'm no. I'm not, are you done? Okay. Cool. I don't. Right. I don't want to finish it, but I will. I don't want it to be over. Yeah. All right. Um. Thank um, you for right. listening. That's, yeah. Yeah. May, may the force be with you. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.